Hello and welcome to the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gellar. The Most Accurate Podcast is proud to be presented by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has an all-new format for snake drafts, Battle Royale. I'll give you the full rundown on this awesome new game type later in the show. In the meantime, download the Underdog Fantasy app and get ready to play. The Most Accurate Podcast is also proud to be presented by Prediction Strike, the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Head to PredictionStrike.com or download the app for more info. Today's intro song was Life's Been Good by Joe Walsh off his 1978 album, But Seriously Folks, and it also appeared on the soundtrack to the 1978 film FM. Walsh is probably most famous for his time with the Eagles as he joined the group right before their smash album Hotel California, but he also enjoyed a successful solo career. I chose this song because, well, week 12 was the first time all year where the NFL season has felt as if it was hanging on by a thread. The Broncos elevated and started a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback, and the Steelers and Ravens still haven't played their originally scheduled Thanksgiving game, and more schedule ramifications appear to be coming out every minute as a result of that. I'm hopeful we can continue the rest of the season, but if for some reason it gets cut short, as Joe Walsh says, life's been good. Injuries and other issues have created opportunities on the Week 13 waiver wire as the postseason approaches, but before I get into all of that and more, the news. As I'm recording this podcast, the Ravens-Steelers game has been postponed to Wednesday, December 2nd. The game was originally to be played on Thanksgiving night, then a COVID-19 outbreak within the Ravens organization that hit top players and coaches alike pushed the game back to Sunday, then to Tuesday, and now, hopefully, finally Wednesday. You'll have to consult your league rules or fantasy site protocols for how this game will be scored and impact weekly head-to-head standings. From what I've seen, most sites appear to be allowing the game to still be counted for Week 12 scoring, which is good news. It's going to throw off the timing, but we'd rather have it be consistent. I personally have no other ideas or recommendations at this point. I think the best course of action is to follow the site and go from there. Texans wide receiver Will Fuller has been suspended six games for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. It's a shame, as Fuller was finally playing a full, healthy season and currently sits as the wide receiver 7 in PPR scoring. The Texans released Kenny Stills last Friday, and Randall Cobb is nursing a toe injury on injured reserve, so the team's wide receiving corpse is suddenly really thin. Kiki Kuti is probably the best option on waivers to target, as he could fall into a bunch of those targets that Will Fuller's suspension will open up. Vikings running back Dalvin Cook tweaked his right ankle against the Panthers, but is not expected to miss any time per reports. Alexander Madison is still a solid stash late in the season, though, in case Cook aggravates that injury next week against the Jaguars. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones suffered a hamstring injury in the team's win over the Bengals and is expected to miss some time, per reports. Colt McCoy is the backup and didn't look great in his limited action on Sunday, so this news is a definite downgrade for a Giants offense that had been looking better in recent weeks, especially for the pass catchers like Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. Raiders running back Josh Jacobs injured his ankle in the team's blowout loss to the Falcons. The reports are that it is just a sprain and Jacobs has a chance to play in Week 13, but his status should be monitored throughout the week. 
Devontae Booker, more on him in a bit, will be a priority on waivers this week regardless. Panthers wide receiver DJ Moore injured his ankle on a non-contact play in the end zone during the team's loss to the Vikings. X-rays were negative, which is encouraging, but the Panthers have their bye in week 13, meaning Moore has some extra time to rehab, and we have extra time to wait and find out what his ultimate determination with the injury will be. So we'll need to circle back in on his status heading into week 14, as we aren't likely to get a ton of news with the team heading into its bye. The Packers have signed wide receiver Tavon Austin. This seems like a move that will address deficiencies in the return game, which has been an issue for the Packers with Tyler Irvin injured. It is unclear if Tavon Austin will immediately join the active roster, and even if he does, his fantasy value will be limited. He could factor in for a few touches per game on some jet sweeps and the like, but that won't be enough to crack most starting fantasy rosters. And lastly, Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman has been placed on the COVID reserve list. He is still on injured reserve from a knee injury suffered earlier in the season, but this move is just another indication that Edelman may not be coming back anytime soon. A quick reminder before we dive in, roster percentages are pulled from Yahoo Fantasy Leagues, and free agent budget recommendations are based on a $100 season-long budget. Each positional list of recommendations will be ranked from top priority to lowest priority. And with that out of the way, here are my top quarterback ads of the week. Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Dolphins, 20% rostered, $3. Kirk Cousins for the Vikings, 40% rostered, $3. Baker Mayfield for the Browns, 35% rostered, $3. Tua Tungavailoa is dealing with a thumb injury, which brought Fitzmagic back into our lives just before the Christmas season. It truly is the most magical time of the year. It's unclear if Tua will be healthy enough to play next week, but it doesn't seem likely at this point, which could make Fitzpatrick an excellent streaming option against the lowly Bengals defense. In his return to action this week, Fitz looked like he hadn't skipped a beat, competing 24 of 39 passes for 257 yards and two touchdowns. I really like Fitz's upside. We know he was getting in the mix on the ground game earlier in the season as well. That's why he's the top streamer over the other guys. Kirk Cousins was a terrific streamer against the Panthers, though, going 34, 35 of 45 excuse me, for 307 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Though his final stats were boosted by the fact that the Vikings fell behind, had to play catch-up, and Cousins led a really nice game-sealing drive to get a touchdown late. Mike Glennon helped the Jaguars nearly beat the Browns this past week, so the Jags may be able to keep pace with the Vikings or even put up a decent amount of points against them. That's good news for Cousins' outlook and fantasy floor, as if the Vikings build a quick or big lead, they'll assuredly lean on Delvin Cook in the run game. But since that doesn't seem like an option, Cousins is a reasonable streamer in Week 13. Mayfield was solid against the Jaguars, finally escaping apocalyptic weather conditions. He threw for 258 yards with two touchdowns and no interceptions. He has a nice matchup next week against a beatable Tennessee defense, but the game script is what really could force the Browns to take to the air, as Tennessee can put up points with the best of them. The Browns really, really, really want to establish the run. That has been their bread and butter with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But if they get knocked off that script by the Titans, Mayfield could throw it a lot more, which is why he lands on this streaming list. He's a little bit riskier and, you know, is a little bit lower end of the other guys, but there's a story you can tell yourself where Mayfield ends up with a solid fantasy day. We all love snake drafts, we all love big prizes, but we don't all love big entry fees or multi-week contests. So Underdog Fantasy just released an all-new format for their snake drafts. It's called Battle Royale. In Battle Royale, you draft a one-week team like you normally would, but instead of only competing against the other teams in your specific draft, you compete with teams from other drafts. This way, they pull together the prizes so you can offer big tournament-style payouts while keeping this live snake draft format. If you think this is your week and you can draft the best team, you have to try Battle Royale. It offers the big upside a normal snake draft can't 
with prizes that used to only be attainable in season-long or salary cap tournaments. The first Battle Royale is already up in the Underdog app and website. It's $5 to enter, has a $25,000 prize pool, and pays out $4,000 to first place. Next, here are a few of the top running back targets for this week. Devontae Booker for the Raiders, 8% rostered, $15. Latavius Murray for the Saints, 60% rostered, $15. Gus Edwards for the Ravens, 54% rostered, $15. And Benny Snell for the Steelers, 34% rostered, and $10. Josh Jacobs crawled off the field at one point in the Raiders' devastating loss to the Falcons with an ankle injury. And while the team is reporting, as I mentioned earlier, that he has a chance to play in Week 13, Devontae Booker needs to be one of the top priorities, as to date in 2020, he's served as the main relief back for Jacobs, carrying the ball double-digit times just once. In that game, however, Booker demolished his former team, the Broncos, rushing for 81 yards on 16 carries with two scores. If Jacobs misses time, or even if Jacobs is limited, Booker will enter this game next week for the Raiders with high-end RB2 or mid-tier RB2 upside, depending on Jacobs' availability. The real upside and why Booker is the top ad, though, is that there's a chance Jacobs misses this game, and Booker will be a locked and loaded fantasy starter in that situation. As for Latavius Murray, between the Broncos not having a quarterback to start and Alvin Kamara dealing with a foot injury, Murray served as the lead back for the Saints, carrying the ball 19 times for 123 yards and two touchdowns. This game was a good reminder not only of Murray's handcuff value in the case of Alvin Kamara not being 100%, but also his standalone potential in this new Taysom Hill-led offense. Hill should have the reins for a few more weeks, and Murray handled 14 touches last week with Taysom Hill under center as well. So it's appearing as if Murray might have some standalone value as a little bit more of a, a traditional back. Kamara hasn't been targeted a lot with Taysom Hill under center. That could be both Taysom Hill's playing style, or maybe the team is preserving Kamara with his foot injury. We don't quite know. Either way, Murray is still out there in nearly half of Yahoo League, so he's a guy that should be picked up uh, and one of the top priorities of the week as well. Moving to Gus Edwards and Benny Snell, neither back has played this week yet as I record this podcast, but both could put up solid numbers and both could have potential in the weeks that follow. Uh, Edwards is going to be the lead back for the Ravens with J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram on the COVID-19 list, while Benny Snell should get the start as well with James Conner landing on the COVID-19 list for the Steelers. As for Edwards, he rushed for over five yards per attempt the last time the Ravens played the Steelers, so we'll see what he does this week but we'll have to watch whether J.K. Dobbins and or Mark Ingram return from the list quickly and if they return to practice and the starting lineup. If not, Edwards could have some solid volume-based play moving forward, even if Robert Griffin III stays under center in place of Lamar Jackson, who was also on the COVID-19 list. And for Benny Snell, in week one, it seems like ages ago, but if you remember back to that, he rushed for 19 times for 113 yards, averaging nearly six yards per carry, giving all those who drafted James Conner in the early rounds a heart attack. However... Since then, Snell has run the ball 38 times for just 82 yards. It remains to be seen how the Steelers are going to deploy this backfield. I, I like to think that they're going to mix in Anthony McFarland a little bit as kind of a scat back change of pace guy, but who knows? Either way, Snell should see the majority of the carries. That's the read on it right now. But if he gets surpassed by McFarland or somebody else come Wednesday, then we'll need to readjust our waiver priorities moving forward since a lot of leagues will be processing those waivers later due to this augmented schedule. All right, before diving into the top wide receivers for Week 13, I have to take a minute to tell you about Prediction Strike. As I mentioned at the start of the show, it's the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. This is a new twist on the fantasy sports game where you create a profile of your favorite athletes to get closer to your favorite games. The setup is quite simple. 
you create an account at predictionstrike.com, deposit funds, then buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players. You can trade shares at any time as long as the player isn't currently in a game. The value of these fictional shares changes based upon players' performance in games. For instance, you know, I mentioned last week that I got in on Deontay Johnson early, and I think I mentioned A.J. Brown as well. So far, A.J. Brown has scored again. He's on a nice run. That stock is rising. I'm going to look to try and find some guys who maybe had a down week for whatever reason, matchup otherwise, maybe get in low on those guys and then try and turn around and, and trade them when they're higher to, to uh, you know, increase my portfolio and allow me to get in on even more guys. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with the code TMAP to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. And be sure to download the Prediction Strike app in the Apple App Store. Moving on to wide receivers, here are my top recommendations for Week 13. Debo Samuel of the 49ers, 56% rostered, $15. Curtis Samuel for the Panthers, 64% rostered, $14. Michael Pittman Jr. for the Colts, 58% rostered, $12. And Kiki Kuti for the Texans, 1% rostered, $2. So if anybody had any doubts about whether Debo Samuel was fully healthy, those were erased after he gashed the very good Rams defense for 133 yards on 11 catches. His 13 targets were good for 37% share. Brayden Ayuk's pending return will change this offense a little bit, but Samuel is in a great position to finish the season strong and should be a top priority as his ceiling is far higher than the other guys on this waiver wire list. As for Curtis Samuel, his stock had been rising in our fantasy eyes for weeks, but with DJ Moore suffering a potentially serious ankle injury against the Vikings, Samuel's stock rises even higher. He caught all five of his targets against the Vikings for 72 yards, and that was in a game that DJ Moore played most of. The Panthers are heading into their bye, so you may not need to go as crazy on free agent spend for Curtis Samuel, but he should be a guy to circle to either add this week or next week, as he could get a nice bump in targets, and will have much more tangible wide receiver two upside for the stretch run. Michael Pittman Jr. was second on the team with nine targets against the Titans, but managed just two catches for 28 yards on those chances. Pittman has seven-plus targets in three of the last four games, though, and as I've said in this space for weeks, the Colts' passing attack is a bit erratic, which makes him a little harder to trust, but that volume is pretty safe in the offense, so of the Colts' wide receivers or pass catchers, he's the one you want to roster and start. And lastly, I added Kiki Kuti, even though he's farther down on this list, again, which you can read the full list at 444.com with the waiver wire watch. But given the immediacy of this Will Fuller news as I was starting to record the podcast, I wanted to touch on Kuti. So the Texans had released Kenny Stills last Friday, Randall Cobb is on injured reserve, which could force Kuti into a bunch of targets starting next week. He had hardly played to start the season, but was used on over 50% of the team's snaps the last two weeks, commanding 11% of the targets, and this was during a span where Will Fuller was seeing 24% of the targets. Now, Kuti is a lower dot receiver, so his upside is really going to be more tangible in PPR or half PPR formats as he could have those old-school Jarvis Landry type of games where he gets a bunch of catches but only amasses 50 or 60 yards and hopefully gets in at the end zone. But keep an eye on the Texans this week in case they re-sign Kenny Stills, uh, the Texans will face a tough Colts defense in Week 13, but I think Kuti could have some upside depending on the size of your league and the scoring format. All right, last but not least, we are back to tight ends. And this week, I'm giving you guys four options instead of the two or three I've been doing the last couple weeks. But that's just because we're getting some clearer guys to pick up and start, as opposed to some of the weeks where it was a little more hazy. At the top of the list is Robert Tunyon for the Packers, 61% rostered, $5. Trey Burton for the Colts, 19% rostered. 
Logan Thomas for the football team, 41% rostered, $2. Jordan Reed for the 49ers, 25% rostered, $2. Hashtag Baby Kittle's ownership percentage, credit to Paulson there, is lingering at just 61%, and that is crazy, as he is one of the only remaining tight end ones still available on waivers. Tunyon has returned to form of late, going for five catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown last week, and then posting five catches for 67 yards and a touchdown this Sunday against the Bears. His volume isn't elite at like a Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey level, but he's a trusted target of Aaron Rodgers and is getting a lot of schemed plays for him, including downfield targets. He is the priority at the position this week if he's not already owned in your league. Burton has seen five-plus targets and scored in back-to-back weeks for the Colts, perhaps cementing his status as the lead tight end in this Colts tight end by committee that they have going on. All told, he went for three catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown on six targets against the Titans. Next up for the Colts is a date with the Texans, a much more favorable matchup, and Burton will be a low-end starter there. However, there's always a risk that Jack Doyle and or Mo Alley-Cox will vulture red zone scores, so tread with caution. Logan Thomas has four-plus targets in every game this season, resulting in a 15.4% target share for the year, which isn't you know anything to turn your nose up at, especially at the tight end position. He rebounded after a disappointing outing in Week 11, catching all four of his targets for 20 yards and a score on Thanksgiving. Thomas doesn't offer a great ceiling, but he sees consistent targets and will be a low-end streaming option next week against the Steelers. Rounding out the list is Jordan Reed, who saw six targets against the Rams, second most on the team behind Demo Samuel, but he turned those opportunities into just two catches for 18 yards. The 49ers offense is looking frisky, though, which is a good sign moving forward. Reed's volume gives him solid upside against the Bills next week, a game where the Niners may have to put up some points uh, to keep pace with Josh Allen and that solid Buffalo offense. All right, that does it for this week. I'm going to run through the list one more time before getting out of here, just in case you guys forgot anything. At quarterback, we have Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Dolphins, Kirk Cousins for the Vikings, and Baker Mayfield for the Browns. At running back, Devontae Booker for the Raiders, Latavius Murray for the Saints, Gus Edwards for the Ravens, and Benny Snell for the Steelers. At wide receiver, we've got Debo Samuel for the 49ers, Curtis Samuel for the Panthers, Michael Pittman Jr. for the Colts, and Kiki Kuti for the Texans. And at tight end, we've got Big Bob Tanyan for the Packers, 61%, Trey Burton for the Colts, 19%, Logan Thomas for the football team, 41%, and Jordan Reed for the 49ers, 25% rostered. All right, everybody, it has certainly been a weird week in Week 12, and it is not even over yet. By the time you listen to the podcast, we may still have a game to be played, which is just crazy. Anyways, I hope all of you had fun in Week 12, that you stayed safe, and that your fantasy teams are on the cusp of a postseason berth. Hopefully this podcast and the accompanying column at 444.com, which you should all read, help you guys get there. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, like, share the podcast with your family and friends, It means the world to us. And with that, good luck in week 13. Until next time. They say I'm crazy, but I.